0: this is the going in circles podcast hosted by horseman chuck simon to become a sponsor to suggest topics or for questions email going in circles podcast at gmail.com and log on to our facebook page going in circles podcast here's your host chuck simon Welcome to Going In Circles. It's Wednesday, which is not a normal day for us, but yesterday's Going In Circles live show was canceled because I had some issues with my transportation. The usual limo that I'm driven to the the studios in were uh, out of commission, so we had to postpone till today and I think one of the main topics that is in the news right now in racing um, is the jockey whip rules which um, to make it um, how do I say this as gently as possible uh, they're being jammed down the throat of the jockeys and the industry in general again by um, perhaps well-meaning commissions. I don't know that they're actually well-meaning, but uh, certainly politically correct. And it's just another case of of going down a road where it's going to be hard to, to go back to back up and, and to modify these rules once you've gone to the extent that the New Jersey Racing Commission has gone, which essentially is saying that you can't use the the whip, uh, the riding crop or whatever you'd like to call it at all. And that is a fundamental change uh, in the product that's going to be offered to betters, that's going to be offered racing wise to owners and trainers. And certainly puts the jockeys in a bind in that they weren't really um, listened to they've been uh, individual jockeys uh, along with the jockeys guild has been very vocal in uh, their desire to be included in in, in formulating these rules because they're the people that actually have to do it And, and they know certainly they know more about um, using a riding crop than anyone on any racing commission and they've kind of been cut out of the um, the equation which is very, very typical for for horse racing uh, we're going to have uh, a New Jersey jockey my friend Chris DiCarlo it's going to join us in a minute and Chris has been um, very very out, out spoken about uh the rule changes and, and chris is a veteran rider who's been around for a, a while his career spans a few different um eras so to speak and he's a, a well-spoken uh person and, and and he's a smart guy and uh and he's he's not just taking the view of um hey you're going to hurt my business that we often in this business get accused of taking even when we're trying to look at it from a um a global position not just a a um, individual position so we're gonna have chris on and and uh talk to him about his feelings and and um and how uh how he's gonna and and him and other jockeys are gonna have to adopt obviously uh, they're gonna have to adapt or adopt these you know when these new rules are finally adopted and put into place so so it's a topic that's um it's timely and uh I don't know that anything that we can do at this point can affect uh can can stem the tide, but I certainly think that it, it's something that should be talked about and talked about beyond uh Twitter or even social media where certainly context is never easily uh, attained. So we'll come back in a minute with Chris and and talk about uh, his view of the new New Jersey Racing Commission whip rules. All right, we're back with jockey Chris DiCarlo, who's been a mainstay at Monmouth uh, for the years. And uh, all the years that I've uh, been involved in the game Chris has been involved in the game so he's seen the good times and and he's seen the the current times and uh he's got a pretty good grasp of of um recent history in racing in general and he has uh he has ridden all over the place and and he's uh he's a well-spoken guy and and um, we're happy to have him here Chris nice to have you on Thanks for having me on, sure. Chuck So we're in a place now where suddenly everybody um, is passing whip regulations. And these are things that have been kind of bandied about for a couple years now. And there's been a couple states that have, have made some changes. But just kind of out of the blue, New Jersey's Racing Commission kind of threw a, a curveball at everybody when they made the declaration last week supposedly with a with a 4-0 vote to effectively ban use of the riding crop except for quote safety reasons unquote which haven't exactly been defined either so um, I know that you have been uh, critical of this new rule uh, in public and I thought maybe this would be a good time for you to expand upon uh, upon your feelings
1: well I mean needed um, for safety reasons Um, a lot of times when you're coming down a stretch and you're on a horse that's tiring um, they may try to drift in drift out and and in order to keep my momentum running it's a lot easier for us to reach down and tap them once to remind them because it's more it startles them more than anything else The, the whips these days they're We've already changed them once, then I think they're fine. But um, you know, you need that to get their attention because they're pack animals, and a lot of them don't want to pass. And it's not because it's not in them; it's just because their, uh, you know, their natural instinct is to follow the leader. Just say, and you know, it can get dangerous at times um, where the whip isn't going to. Um, help you and you do have to pull them up but then you know on TV it'll look like the jockey isn't trying with the horse they'll say well why is he standing up on the horse well part of that reason is because we can't control them. you know and the whip isn't going to help us in that instance but sometimes when we're hitting them we're just keep reminding them to keep their you know their mind on their job
0: yeah that's the thing is that no one is advocating for no regulations and no one is saying that um you should be able to unlimited uh hit hit the horse as many times as you want no
1: not at all no one's saying
0: that yeah no i
1: think eight times is more than enough you know whether it's with the stick down or cocked you know just to keep for them to keep their focus because they do lose their focus you know you You'll be riding in a race, and say it's a two-turn race, and then midway through the race, the horse thinks the, the race is over. Now, they're not that responsive to where you're going to push on them and they're going to take off right away. Sometimes they just need a reminder, a little slap on the shoulder, just to, to make them pay attention.
0: Yeah, and, and see, that's... There's two things that bother me about it. Number one is that you're going to put now the, the jockey's intention into the the determination of the stewards. And I've blasted the mammoth stewards plenty um, because they deserve it a lot of times. But how are you going to determine what a jockey is feeling from up on top of the grandstand when you're not actually on the horse and we're going to get in... It just seems like we're going to head into this situation where... Um, a jockey does, just like you said, a horse is and maybe he smacks him on the shoulder to try to straighten him out, and that horse wins the race by a nose or a neck, and there's going to be people crying that, hey, he used this horse to try to win, or to stick to try to win the race, which in itself is another issue that I have in that you almost, you, when you read some of these statements about uh, people make, it's it's like, well... You remember the jockeys are trying to win the race. The trainers are trying to win the race. That's the it's a competition. This is not um just a a, a, a thing where a parade. You know, we're yeah. we're all trying to win the race, and and yes, we have to have legal manners in in which we do that, and, and there has to be rules. There has to be regulations, understandably, but. You're going to create a lot of situations where there's so much gray area that i mean i i don't I just don't know I just can see um a scenario where you guys throw your hands in the air and say we don't know what we're allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do because the the rules are so nebulous and and that's that's one of the problems we have in racing with the the disqualification rules is that they're so open-ended that they're open to interpretation and different, um, different people interpret things differently. And that, that's, that's a, an issue with disqualifications, which is a completely, you know, a completely uh, well, n- another I mean, issue. I, the, the steward, I mean, the
1: stewards, it's definitely going to make it a lot harder for stewards. I mean, if a guy's in front by 15 lengths and he's welling away, yeah, that's an easy call. You know, but when you have these close instances, it, it's going to make their jobs a lot harder. Yeah. You know, because it's like, I can feel something, and nobody's going to feel it because they're not on the horse. And it may be necessary, then it's going to become a judgment call, you know. And I don't, it, it is too vague. The rules are too vague. If they just gave us a number, uh, a strike rule, you hit them eight times, that would make everybody's life a
0: lot easier. You know, if, if, am if you... I, am if you I in my if if you could do it you know chris if they let you hit him three times you know like it just is um yeah i mean we have so many complaints on twitter and on facebook and social media and there's so many battles over disqualifications and lack thereof that everyone seems to be um in in favor of trying to come up with rules that the judgment uh is 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 Less judgments needed, and, and more kind of okay. This is the rule, and this was broken, or this was not broken. Kind of black and white instead of, uh, more gray. And it just seems like this is throwing a ton of gray out there. Yeah, this is just going to add to it. Um, you know, the judgment
1: calls. You know, they have a certain amount of time in between races because they don't want to slow them down to come up with their with their decision. Now, um, a lot of times. Uh, you know it's just not enough time I guess for them and they're under scrutiny so it's with this new whip rule it's going to make things even harder because now this is another they're going to add something else into something that's already difficult it's kind of like I think with the judgments it's like kind of like a baseball where each uh, umpire has a different strike zone Yeah, maybe it's great for one guy so
0: I mean Nobody's going to 100% agree, you know, with any call. There's a little bit of a conflict. You know, you made a good point there about the time, in that when you have one of these turf races that, because turf races seem to be the only races we have these days with with big fields, but you have one of these turf races where you have seven horses, um, you know, within a length, uh, two lengths of the wire, well, not only are the judges gonna have to look for interference now, now they're gonna have to start looking at every single rider uh, how many times or if they did use their stick the entire stretch. And I mean, it's not humanly possible to look at seven people at once. So you're, you're gonna have to look at this quite a few times to ensure that no one was um, going over the limit, so. Well, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe in Europe they have a microchip in the
1: whips, mm-hmm. and they can tell how many time you use, times you use it in a race. I'm what? not 100% on that, but, I mean, that would definitely be able to tell. sort of like a trackist thing, you know? Um, There's just depending on how hard you hit the horse. I mean, that could be um, that could be a problem, too, because if you really hit one on the shoulder really hard, it might register as one, but you might not think it. And yeah. then you reach back and you think you got
0: eight more hits, but, you know. You know, the thing about so many of these um, committees, and and I've dealt with racing commissions before, and a, a lot of times we spend more time at racing commission meetings explaining exactly what the hell's going on. And it's a little scary when you need to explain to people that don't really understand the things that they're making judgments on and when you think about um, uh, about this situation where they essentially were, were trying to imp- implement this this rule like immediately, and it's going to take time for people, uh, for jockeys, you know, you guys are the ones that are that are most affected, and you've ridden a certain way for so long that you're instinctually going to maybe, you know, just. Uh, tap a horse a little bit that that's kind of maybe looking a, looking somewhere or just to keep your attention because that's how you've ridden thousands and thousands and thousands of races. And to think that overnight you're going to just immediately uh, change that, it, it, it's kind of uh, myopic thinking. But um, Oh, it's going to definitely be difficult. Like, if
1: anything, they've always said I've never hit a horse enough. I remember the chief used to yell me, you know, you don't hit them fast enough. Well, I'm just doing it to encourage them. <laughs> You know, so now we're going to zero basically next year, and that's that's going to be really, really hard even for someone like me Then is isn't really a stick-happy guy. I mean, when you're on, a, 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 a say, a two-year-old stud, and he's climbing all over another horse, and he doesn't want to pass, and the only way you're going to get him to get moving forward is to reach down and crack him. If you win, you're going to get penalized. I don't think that's, you know... Times are definitely going to be slower in races, that's for sure. It's going to change, I think, the whole dynamic, you know? People are going to be moving earlier. You're not going to want to stop a horse once they get running because you don't know if you're going to be able to get them running again because you're not going to have the, the you know, the stick to encourage them.
0: Well, I mean, clearly I've never ridden any races, but I've watched a million races, and I was trying to go through uh, the scenarios where a couple taps on the shoulders would be something that would be beneficial um like when a horse maybe breaks a little slow uh from the gate uh when you want you know when you're trying to ask for a little speed from a horse maybe you know tap him on the shoulder a couple times yeah just just uh, a horse that's not changing leads um you know like the scenarios you said with a green horse that's lugging and lugging out and and uh or a a stud colt that's just not focused on what he's doing and I mean, those are there's, there's so many scenarios where just a couple taps uh, with the whip are beneficial to the whole process. And to take well, that away... yeah, for away, safety, too. Like if,
1: you're, like, if you have a horse that you're going into a turn and he gets a little intimidated, you know, you're going to have to crack on him. You know, you're going to have to wake him up to get him up in there so you don't jeopardize yourself. There's a safety issue. But then if I go on and win the race, is that going to be considered a foul? That's what my question is. Because I'm I'm basically, I'm asking him to do something that he's capable of doing, you know, for my safety and all the other riders' safety.
0: You know, one so, of the things that I've been critical about stewards, and this is not critical of individual stewards, but the system, is that there's virtually no oversight and there's very little training. And I think it's it's kind of naive for the commission to think that the stewards are going to be able to just immediately implement this rule, um, and and everybody's able to to um, everybody's going to be able to to uh, to know, like you're saying, what's okay and what's not okay, and and are the yes, stewards I mean, going to know what's okay and what's not okay? Because you're you're not giving them any training. You're not there's virtually no other jurisdictions. That you can even watch races from there and look at examples because there there is none so no. h- how do i mean how do they determine um what's going to be okay and what's not going to be okay and are are, are we going to use jockeys as guinea pigs and what about the people betting on the races
1: well that's a whole other issue you know they tell us you know when we go out there you know ride to Ford, stay down to the wire get you know the most out of your horse because people are betting these races all the way down to fifth Now, if I'm on a horse that's laying in and I can't keep him from going forward when I know he has it, um, and I'm standing up to control him and I get beat for fifth, now I finish sixth, now you have the gamblers at an uproar, you know, and then say, say the rules, the rules change from state to state to state. So I I ultimately think that we're probably going to lose gamblers or people that wager on horse racing because we're not gonna be able to get 100% out of the animal. Whereas if you cross the bridge and go to New York, where they're, they can still use it, um, at least they know they're gonna get, you know, the best out of their horse. Whereas we're basically not in that much control once they really start tiring. You know, if a horse wants to throw the anchor down, he's gonna throw the anchor down. You know, we can push so hard, but let's face it, we're, what, 115 pounds? They weigh a thousand. That little, whatever, twelve ounce whip that we use, that just startles them more than anything. It it carries them it, it makes them go faster.
0: Chris, talk you know, talk about the the whips that uh, are used today versus the whips that were used when you first started riding.
1: Um, well, the whips that we use today, they um, I get mine from England. They're called the Pro Kush whip. And it's um, about 28 inches long, and it's got a long leather popper It's filled with foam. And it's about five inches long, maybe maybe even six. And when you strike the horse with it, it makes like a loud popping sound. The edges are, uh, they're not, it's not 100% round, but they're rounded, so it doesn't cut the horse. the whips when i started were like leather and they were really hard and i guess back in the day i never saw it but they they said that they would put wire in it sometimes and you know all sorts of stuff to, to or a quarter in the popper to make it sting a little bit more um but then that was back i guess in the 50s and 60s when i started it turned out being a not leather but it had like a uh it was like a patent leather popper. And it made a loud noise when it hit them, but I think it was a lot harder than it is today. Now when you hit them, sometimes they don't even respond because they don't feel it. Whereas before, the other ones, I think they were a little bit over the top.
0: Right, right. And, and I, I think uh, I think people don't also have to take into consideration that a horse's height is, is a lot thicker than a human's height. So when people say, well, you know, hit yourself with a whip, well, I, I've been hit with... Both yeah, types of whips, gonna, yeah, it, it, it certainly hurt, it is a big a difference. Human. It would hurt a human, but it's, a horse has got a big fleshy, you know. Yeah, whip, and it's not;
1: it makes more of a popping sound than anything. Right. And you don't even have to hit him hard. I mean, you could just graze him. Some is run from it. Me, I, I'm the type of rider where I'm going to hit a horse three times if he's not responding. I know I'm not going to kill him. I mean, you, you have to use your own
0: judgment. I mean, jockeys can help themselves too. I, I, you know if, if you feel your
1: horse is dead don't hit him
0: you know, I I would look. tell that you hand ride him in, you I would but, Chris I would tell that to my riders all the time so listen if the horse isn't it he doesn't have it don't beat him up yeah, you know I there mean, might be a physical you know, reason why he doesn't have it and or whatever the reason it is there's no don't get mad at him and take it out on the horse because yeah. uh, you know it it just and and sometimes you know it it happens i'm not saying that um everybody's trying to beat horses up and this and that but it's a competitive game and, you know, you're out there, you're only on the horse for a couple minutes and, uh, you know, so for you to make a, a, a full 100% evaluation of the horse is, is not an easy I, thing to do.
1: I, I definitely definitely think if they have this rule, you'll see a lot more horses get distanced. Yeah. Because some of them, you know, especially your six and seven year olds, they're not going to want to run. You know, and they'll mm-hmm. just gallop around it because, you know, they, they get smart as they get older horses.
0: And you know the thing that bothers me about so many of the the recent, and and it's like everything has gotten political. Like everything in the whole world's political now, and this is just as political as anything else. But yeah, the reasoning that we're doing this is is faulty, and I I just I'll, I'll argue this with anyone, and that public perception matters, but if you come up with standard rules. That make sense. That are safe for the horse. That are safe for the rider, and and also encourage competition. The public can be told that this is what is going to be good. It's like when the NFL changed the rules for with the helmets and the hits, and everybody says, "Well, you know, it's kind of a um, you know, it's a softer league and this that." Well, it is because you know, guys started shooting themselves after they retired, so you know, they had an issue with that, and. They didn't change, you know. The, they they changed the fact that you can't lead with your helmet. You can't uh, clothesline guys. And uh, essentially, if you hit guys like blindside, it, it's just a it's a penalty now. But that the 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 general sport of football is still the same. They've just it's a technical um, part of it. This is so much bigger than just a technical part of it. And and that's where I think that people misinterpret um, the public thinking that this is good or this is bad because the fact of the matter is that if it's not public that's gonna ever participate in our sport, then I'm not sure why their opinion is a huge um a huge component of, of why we change rules and, you know, we always kinda get threatened with that um what's the word ex, ex uh, <laughs> I, I I don't want to butcher this word, but like this thought of, oh, they're going to outlaw horse racing. Well, the people that want to outlaw horse racing, they're going to outlaw horse racing or want to outlaw horse racing no matter what we do, no matter what our rules are. And I always thought it was funny when people said, oh, Lasix, they don't want Lasix. I said, you know what? Every person I ever explained Lasix to that wasn't like a horse person or you know, had a question mark, almost, almost all of them to a person said when I was done explaining it, they were like, well, why would people be against that? You know, like, it helps, the. Yeah. It, 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 it's actually beneficial, I said, yes. Like, well, why are they against it? I said, I don't know. I said, why, why are, no matter what poll you have, there's always going to be 10, 20% of the people that are against whatever to, that, that that seems to be the common good, but I, it's, it's with this whole thing, it's like, oh, yeah, well, we just ban whips and, and this and that. I said, like, it's just not that easy. No, I mean.
1: Public perception. Look what's on the news now. Ultimate fighting. <laughs> that stuff is crazy. I mean, these are. I guess they. You know, their complaint is, well, it's an animal, and so on and so forth. But um, I never
0: hear the complaints either. You know, it's funny that you, you say that it's an animal, and someone said, "Well, they can't, they can't say that they want to." This was talking about LASIK. Well, they they can't say that they they'd they want a shot of LASIK. I said, "Yeah, they also, they they might say." They want it. They don't, they're tired of bleeding, you know? It's, don't yeah. assume that you know, like, it's, it's the height of arrogance to assume that you can read an animal's mind, let alone a person's mind. But um, it's, I you know, just... But ha- see,
1: like, you know what's crazy about the, you know, say you get, like, a rogy stallion, you know, that he, he throws off that roginess in his offspring, you know, and say they had impeccable breeding these horses, horses, a lot of them might not even try. (laughs) You know, because the way they, you know, they're so closely bred, and I just don't know, I mean, not that the whip gets it out of them, but, I mean, you're going to lose all that control. I think in in essence, it might even make it more dangerous.
0: (laughs) You know, sometimes, I I don't, it's not that I I am, like, this um, crazy, like, anti-everything, but I just want to see rule changes that make sense because, like I said earlier, once you go down this road and you say no whip at all, it's going to be hard to to run that back and say okay. Um, now, you can use now, now you can use it because you're going to get the people that. Oh, no, they
1: it. It should. They should make. They could make it very easy. I said ten strikes before
0: eight strikes all the way across everywhere one so, rule that's the other and thing that's not a problem that that's one of the
1: well, like state i know state jurisdictions change the laws change but i mean
0: it's not that it'll difficult just
1: make every, it'll make it'll definitely make the steward's jobs a lot easier it, 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 you
0: know honestly chris it, it with the whip's rule it's not like a drug rule because it, with a drug rule you you have to deal with laboratories. You have to deal with levels. Yeah. You have to deal with so much. This is just a, a, a device in the jockey's hand. And like you said, if you you have to count, then well, it's it, it's yeah. You maybe you get in a situation where it looks like the jock was gonna hit the horse. You know, like like Manny Franco yeah. in, in the Travers when he reached back and looked like he was gonna gonna smack uh, tis the law, and then he 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 didn't. Um, uh-huh. But. And I don't want people to think, like, you know, we're these crazy horse beaters or anything like that. But I, I it's like what you said, though, is true. And uh, having a national standard, I mean, all we hear about is having a national standard. And these states this last week, and I guess New York is, is proposing um, something similar. And um, the guy I read in the Blood Horse yesterday, one of the people on the board in New York, said... That they had done some sort of study, but they're not gonna release the <laughs> the findings, which I thought was like study on what? Uh, I don't exactly know. They they've said they've done some sort of study on on the whip. I, I don't exactly know what that means. And the fact of the matter is that they're they're not gonna release it, which which makes me question the validity of the whole thing and if if it's just not an excuse to to vote. But I get the impression, and of course this is just conjecture, that they're going to follow New Jersey. And you're going to wind up in a situation where New York has one set of rules, New Jersey has one set of rules, Pennsylvania know, has, one of rules. has one set of rules, Delaware has one set of rules. And like you said, the, bettors, the bettors are, are they're nationwide now. They're not just, you know, very few guys oh, yeah. just bet one track. So you're going to see a DQ somewhere and someone's going to get DQ'd out of a $75,000 score and they're going to lose their mind. I mean, they're going to go nuts. And, and they probably, you know, honestly, I, I I could understand it because...
1: I think that it's just going to... You, you may gain something, but you're going to lose something too. And I think you're going to lose uh, betters. And if you
0: lose them, the business is in big trouble. We're losing betters, And that's the thing is... I mean, not to get on a different topic, but we don't even know where our handle comes from anymore because you have so many guys that are um, have left the business, be, be, pretty big, you know, betters and and the handle sources now comes from so many mysterious places with these batch players and the computer players, and so we don't really even know if actual. Uh, where our handle stands, we know where our total handle stands, but we're not even sure where it's coming from in a lot of ways. And uh, the batch players are not going to care about these kind of rules because they're not—they're uh, they're just running algorithms, and you know, they're, they're essentially—it's like playing the horse stock market for them. They don't care; they're just trying to um, run run their algorithms and make their bets that give them the best possible chance of winning and with the rebates that they get, um, volume discounts. This is not a big factor for those people, but those aren't really the people. We we don't need more of that money in this business. We need people, actual people, making bets. And and this is something that's gonna confuse the hell out of them. Yeah, um, I don't know, it's all these, uh, algorithms, a bit. they better learn the horse's bio because you know it's going to change. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, it is a factor. I'm not sure exactly how, how you would um, yeah, quantify you, you a, that. You get a
1: filly that, you know, doesn't want to show it that day, and she's in one of her moods, and you know how you're going to get it out of her, you know. I don't know, Chuck, this is just bad. Just,
0: you, you know, I was talking about um, about the Horse Racing Integrity Act, and how I try to tell people, I said, you're not going to see much intangible results when this gets passed. I go, you're not going to see it. Because when you watch a race, you can't say, oh, horses got banamine 24 hours out or they got it 72 hours out. The race looks the same. When they've changed the medicine. And this is a, another thing that people don't understand is that medication rules have been changing in this country since I've been involved in this business back in the late 80s when I was a little kid. The rules have changed a lot. And yeah. on the track, when you watch the races, you can't really tell. I go, this is something that you're going to be able to tell. This is a tangible change. This is something that's going to be right out there in front of you. And if they don't get it right and they don't determine exactly what you're allowed to do and exactly what you're not allowed to do, it's going to yeah, be a it's, it's, it's gonna it's, be it's, a big a, mess.
1: Like, like I said before, if you're trying to straighten one up, and the only way to straighten up is to smack him to keep him moving forward, you're encouraging your horse. Or even if you hit him, say you reach down, you hit him, you straighten him up, and all of a sudden he takes off with you. What, are you supposed to pull him up and stop him? Well, yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, it's like, well, what are you telling me to do? You're telling me to win the race, but then you're telling it's just it's too messed up. It's not, um. Like I said, the stewards are going to have their hands. full. Hopefully, some of them will speak their opinion and just come out and say, you know, this is really going to make it difficult, and at least admit it. You know, come up, help us come up with a solution as well. You know, because I think a lot of it is is nobody really asks us. You know, the riders. You know, our opinion for whatever reason that is, I do not know, but. I mean, when it comes to something like this, I should be. I think we should be at the table. Well, because we're
0: we're on them. But let let me just give you a quick little uh, explanation of of what happens when people in this business want to get something done. They 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 don't want to listen to reason. They don't want to listen to the participants. They just want to get whatever their agenda is passed. Passed, and that's exactly what's happened here. In that, if I was going to change whip rules. I would want to hear from former jockeys. I would want to hear from present jockeys, and, and I would want to hear from other participants at, at, at a lesser stage. I mean, I might bring five, six jockeys, in and maybe um, a couple guys who who are you know major players, and their well, perception. You know, I, I think you need.
1: I think you need uh, the horse owners to back us. I mean, yeah. Definitely I think the, tra- the the trainers too
0: but we don't we don't get that in this business very often we we get a lot of committees full of a lot of people that have some sort of uh political clout or or money or whatever and 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 this is what they want and they they just kind of stick it down everyone's throat and 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 whatever i mean it's just um
1: how does the uh, NFL do it how
0: does baseball well, do it the NFL and the baseball the, how are does different do it? you know what they're different because they're own their private leagues and they're owned by the owners, and everyone's an employee of the owner. So, so we it, should have something like that in racing. We, we it's like it's it. it's it's impossible to do, especially these days, because a lot of racetracks have no interest in being in racing. They're just in racing because they're forced to stay in racing. And it's a sad statement, but it's it's um, it's kind of true. And uh, I I mean I I was a little bit negative on my Monday show because. Um, I just started looking and I think, you know, of all the things to talk about 95% of them are negative and it sucks because this business as a whole Has a reckoning to 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 come to here and and we really need like a summit meeting of sorts in different um, capacities where We can't look at each other as the enemy anymore and I think a guy a big better he said this to me he goes you know why real tracks are screw up and he was talking you know particularly about tracks is that he goes they see each other as the enemy they don't see the real enemy at the gate is sports betting and it's um daily fantasy sports and the things that are going to be pumping and marketing and the younger people who are already familiar with regular sports how 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 are we going to get those guys involved in in our sport when we have this massive competition and yet all we're doing is running races over the top of each other. Um, you know, when, when you see comp, you see tracks owned by the same company running at the same time, you just shake your head and you're like, come on guys. But, but this is a, a perfect example though, of, of what you said is, is that you guys really weren't, um, brought into the, the decision-making process. And as such, you're going to there, there's going to be so much fallout and so many issues because you you, you know if they brought you in there and you and maybe uh, uh, a couple other other uh, experienced jockeys that can uh, articulate your issues, they would at least maybe um, pause at, at at saying, "Well, you're not allowed to strike the horse at all," and they it's, didn't I mean, do I that. I think it's it's unfair.
1: I think for the people that wager on it trainers and the owners as well as ourselves because that's how we make our living you know by winning you know now it's now if we win we might get uh disqualified because we're trying too hard (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah yeah yeah. you got to make sure you you don't try too hard but but you got to make sure you try hard enough and I mean hell it's hard enough or it's it's hard enough to win races oh yeah
1: but um I'm telling you, it's going to be a trickle-down effect because some of these stallions that are like roguish in their heyday and they pass it off to their offspring, it's going to—it's going to really be a game changer. There might be a lot more geldings.
0: Well, that might not be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> that, <laughs> that might actually be a positive benefit of that.
1: Hell no! When they hit four, they'll want to stop running and they'll go. They'll run like miles in like two minutes.
0: Well, that'll be really slow. Uh, I'm, I'm it's hard to get people. It's hard to get the tracks to run mile races. Everything is short, 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 and shorter. It's not turf. It's short. It's like we, yeah. we, it's like we're devolving as a business. <laughs> we're going backwards.
1: Actually, at Mama's, we ran quite a few. Like we ran a few mile and a half, a mile and three eighth races. So, those are you, fun races.
0: And you know those are good races too. I mean, yeah, and they they're, are. They're competitive it comes down races. To stamina.
1: That's when it comes down to bloodlines.
0: You know, I, when I was at parks. I had a, a slow horse. He was by Smarty Jones. And uh, Hippocrates Jones was his name. And he was slow. And um, I lobbied Sal Sinatra, was the racing secretary there. I said, Sal, what about like a maid, a mile and an eighth maiden 7,500? So he considered it. And, and he's like, Well, you know, I said, I said, I think you'll get a lot of horses in there. He goes, well, Why do you think that? He goes, I go, Because, Sal, there's so many slow horses that guys will take a chance and they'll run a slow horse in one of those races because they'll figure, well, my horse has got stamina, but they don't have any speed. <laughs> so he's like, you know what, I'll, I'll do one better. A mile and an ace is kind of a pain in the ass for us at this track to, to put the gate. He goes, I'll make it a mile and a quarter, and we'll put it up on the extras, and we'll see who enters. I said, all right, great. First time he puts it up on the extras, gets an 11-horse field.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: Right? So... My horse runs in the race, and what happens? He runs second. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, "Come on, Sal, you got to put this race up again," you know. So he does, and and it, it got uh, a ten horse field, and um, Lupe Preciado had a West Point horse, and, and my horse had run second, and uh, they looked like uh, uh, Ride Dan and Jai Park down the backside. They, they went about a mile head and head, and they weren't going very fast, but. Um, uh, I think they went a mile and a quarter in like two thirteen, <laughs> something Jeez. like that. A mile and three eighths. But they were they went head and head and and uh, and, and I got up. Uh, we won the bob, so of course I, I went to him and I said, "What about the seventy five hundred never win two going a mile and a quarter?" He's like, "Man, I you've you mile and a quartered me out." But but he he did put him up and they did fill because it was kind of a, a a thing where guys were like, "Well, yeah, my horse." He's getting outrun, going short, but I'll put him in these races. Yeah, take a shot. They go, you know, these glacial fractions, 52, <laughs> 119. Those are going to be
1: the fractions at next
0: year. <sighs> well, so how, how, what, what about um, what else is going on? Everything, uh, you got any any big horses coming up this weekend? Uh,
1: yes, I ride a two-year-old uh, named Basso who's running in a
0: steak, I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday. I rode him first time, one by eight. Um, oh, who, who do you ride him for? Uh, Greg Sacco. Ah, oh, Mr. Sacco, the best, the best dress <laughs> trainer in America. I know Pletcher dress is good, but, and Lucas, you know, Wayne, Wayne's, Wayne well, doesn't dress like he all. used to, but but Greg Sacco is, is clearly, in my book, the number one dresser Yeah, he, for trainers. Pretty sure. He, he, and you he, he rarely see him in the same outfit twice. No. Uh, you don't. But, but, um, yeah, he runs.
1: Broke is made by eight. He's running back in a stake. Um, But at this time, I don't think there are too many two-year-olds that ran in more than two races.
0: No, right. They're they're, <laughs> they're mostly A other than,
1: Yeah, so why not take a shot? But
0: yeah, I think he's, exactly. I
1: think he's decent. Well, good. Oh, and he is, too, so something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully he wins, and then I can go to Belmont. Oh, but
0: then I can't go because I'm COVID. Yeah. That's another thing. (laughs) Uh, An agent was complaining to me the other day, but they said, you know, we were supposed to just be the jockeys that were riding here, and all of a sudden there's a bug boy going from Maryland, and now he's allowed up. Well, why is he allowed up? The rules are always a little bit... uh, during like pandemics, it seems like that we changed the rules a lot. And I've never been through a pandemic before. I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> no, no, this is my no, first. But yeah, this is crazy. This, this is killing like a guy like me because I travel around on the weekends, but I can't travel anymore. So yeah, this is my um, first pandemic. Yeah, mine too. I Hopefully mean, honestly, I, I I was in favor of what Saratoga did for Saratoga because at the time it was kind of crazy, and then there was kind of outbreaks, and I said, you know. New York needs a, a healthy Saratoga meat just to keep the, the lights on. They depend so much on that meat, and I, and I said, you know... They could have ran it at Belmont, I think. They could have, but, I, I mean, it, it, as it, as well, it turned no, out... It, a, I mean, it, it turned out okay, and, and they, they hand, the handle was pretty good in, in small, and they didn't have any outbreaks. And, and I thought, you know what, there's 22 jockeys that are eligible there, but they can't go anywhere at either. So guys can't ship in, but they can't ship out, yeah. so... You know, for that it seemed like it worked, and um, you know they didn't miss any days. Like Delmar missed that one weekend, and but now it seems like when the guys are all going to Kentucky and in and out of there, and well, this they,
1: is, they, Kentucky's like that's like it's still on the list.
0: You know, isn't
1: it? Yeah, isn't I, it still on? The, so how they can go back in five
0: days now if they get two <laughs> two negative tests, then they're back allowed back, and it, now it seems yeah, like it, it that see like I, I was okay when everybody was kind of stuck where they were. But now, if you're going to let guys out and then let them back yeah. in, well, then why aren't you letting the guys that they're riding against back in too? Because they're coming from the same exact place.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Especially like on the, around here on the on the East Coast, there's a lot of tracks and parks. It's close, Mama Belmont. They're all they're all close. I mean, so I think jockeys or people are more at risk traveling on an airplane and going through an airport than driving from their house to their car to the racetrack no doubt no doubt i mean that's kind of like i could see if you know traveling across country in a plane for three hours then yeah get all that but i mean i know in our tax we haven't had any cases and we've had people we've had people in attendance as
0: well yeah that's so, true i mean maybe we don't hear about it maybe people are against it but i haven't heard anything and i'm sure if someone did get sick here the governor would shut it down right away yeah Someone would say something so yeah, it's funny uh, a friend of mine, a couple friends of mine they they live by Belmont and they drove to the Meadowlands the other day to um, to watch the races at Belmont. <laughs> yeah, you know so it's it's kind of crazy because you can go to a you can go to the Meadowlands it's open and it's a racetrack atmosphere, you know which which we all kind of miss. I mean, I, I miss just going to the track and hanging out it's something yeah, that, like you take for granted forever and we've been doing it for our whole lives but like you know down here that they don't really have fans and and um most other you know a lot of the places don't have fans so mammoth is one of the few places mammoth in the Meadowlands where where they can you know they can have a limited number and they haven't seen seemingly haven't had any problems with it no i mean i don't know if they take our temperature i know i've got my temperature taken like at least 1000 times this year I,
1: I, I don't like they they place that thing in your head though. They got to be like frying your brain with something.
0: something. Well, in my case, like I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they're good enough shot to to get what's left of my brain to shoot. <laughs> uh, one day I came in the, the 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 gate and the guy told me my temperature was like ninety four degrees. I said I'm a, I'm like a um. You're dead. Yeah. You're dead if you're I, I said uh, o- overnight I I I turned into one of those uh, iguanas that run around South Florida, <laughs> and there's a lot of those things. I don't know what the pan, they certainly, they don't get COVID, that's for sure. The iguanas are, are everywhere. Yeah, so. But But, um, well, Chris, listen, I appreciate you taking some time out um, of your day okay. to talk about this issue. And, uh, you can edit through what you need to edit through. No, no, no editing. <laughs> first of all, I would probably wind up, my technical skills are, are limited, and I would probably wind up wiping out, the whole show like i did last week <laughs> i yeah, had a show <laughs> but um yeah well, this was practice schooling but uh yeah. I, I do appreciate uh you taking your time and, and your, your, you you know your willingness to be uh up you know you have your, your candor on the issue because one thing about horse racing is a lot of people are, are you know wishy-washy and they're like eh, and they don't like to say anything but um but you know you've always been the guy the stand-up guy and uh and, and you, I don't know if that's been necessarily been a good thing, but... <laughs> uh, listen, I, I'm in that same boat, but uh, I, I know that you, you've taken enough uh, ass-chewings from the Chief, the, like I like right. I have, that... Uh, <laughs> if you believe in
1: something, you believe in something. Right?
0: Exactly. No doubt. All right, well, thank you for your time, Chris. Appreciate it, and good right. luck this weekend. All right, thanks, Chuck. You got it. All right, that was Chris DiCarlo, and he was... Um, giving us his view of of the new rules in New Jersey which are the most stringent rules Um, but they're going to be tough to try to figure out Uh, and um, without actually taking the stick out of the jockey's hands I I think we're going to run into a lot of grey areas and whenever there's grey areas in horse racing there's always issues it's just it just happens and there's you run enough races you're gonna have stuff that never happened before or you're gonna have stuff that um no one could expect or or there's gonna be a tough angle or or this or that and the other thing and um you know these people on these commissions they they don't i i guess they have the the governor to answer to but what's the worst that can happen they get taken off one of these boards i don't even know if these are paying positions so so it's another it's another really tough pill for us to swallow in that they're changing our game and we're not getting a seat at the table and it's frustrating it's very very frustrating Anyways, I want to thank everybody for listening in, and I'm sorry about yesterday's technical issues. Uh, I got a couple mini-podcasts that I'm going to do. I have a couple young trainers that uh, we're going to shine a little bit of light on them. Uh, Matthew O'Connor is going to uh, is going to join us for a conversation, and Matthew is a, a brand new trainer. He just started this year. He went through the... Uh, the racetrack industry program at the finest institute of learning in the United States, the University of Arizona. And uh, he's um, worked for several big outfits, and uh, he's got a couple winners under his belt, and he's someone that we're going to give a, a, a little, we're going to have a little time and, and uh, kind of see what his views are and his uh, thoughts on training and uh, and pretty much everything else because uh, young people have different uh, different. Views that that than we do, and uh, I've had Nick Vacarez on the program, and Nick is an outspoken young person that that certainly sees things um, through a different prism than than many of us older people. I hate to put myself in the older category, but it rained hard here Monday, and man, I felt like I was about 198. But um, yeah, we're gonna have some of these shorter podcasts too. They they seem to be popular and. People probably get tired of hearing me drone on, just like I I'm droning on now. So again, everyone, thank you for listening. And um, if you want to uh, make any suggestions, you have any questions, you want to curse at me, uh, going in circles podcast at Gmail, or you can find uh, us uh, if you search on Twitter for uh, Going in Circles podcast or at Cannon Shell. We're always available and. Um, certainly willing to uh, to to take your questions or or like to hear uh, what you have to say all right thanks for thanks for listening bye